if we as parents can be focused on what are you getting out of this anyway, whether you're successful in it or not, what are you getting from it? And, and focus on the learning and the growth and not that end goal, then we're teaching that journey. And that can be applied to whatever dream they end up pursuing, even if there's multiple dreams. That's okay too. You know, they might have a dream at 20 that's different at 30, that's different at 40. Mine, mine seem to go in decades like that. <laughs> um, and to just take life skills. What did I get out of that decade or that journey? What do I get out of this journey? And I think if we can do that as parents, we're going to crush it in terms of teaching them what it really means to pursue a dream, not what it means to be successful at something. Those are actually not the same things, right? What does it mean to pursue a dream? And what do I get out of that pursuit that helps me move forward into either the next part of that dream or the next dream altogether? What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us again this week. We are just so grateful for our FFPs who join us here in the what is now the laundry bonus room, the bonus <laughs> laundry room <laughs> every week. I love that. If you're new, welcome. Usually we welcome you just to the laundry room, which is where we usually record our show. But right now, Dina and I are separated because of COVID-19, and so we're in her bonus room and my laundry room. And it's just, it is what it is. So how you doing, Dina? I'm doing well, actually. I'm, I feel like I'm hitting a rhythm and I feel just a little more hopeful, like I guess is a good word this week. How are you? I, I'm, I'm losing steam this week. I'm having a, you know, I've been pretty like Pollyanna this whole time and that's wearing off a little bit now. I think. <laughs> You know, and we've been locked down like longer than anyone we know. And it's just, yeah, it's going to yeah. be fine. I'm going to find my rhythm. It's, I mean, we definitely are in a rhythm, but, you know, burning out, burning out. And the kids are too. I can feel it. They're like, it's legit. You have yeah. been at it a long time. There's, I only have one other friend who's been self, like chose to do the kind of self quarantine longer than you. So I, I, I give you great props. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, we're actually yeah. considering now ordering takeout, and that is like the a huge step, exciting thing yeah. that has happened in our family in a long time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I I miss I I just hate cooking so much, and I do it literally every night. So it's um that is that is giving me hope for the future that there mm. might be takeout in my future is feeling pretty exciting. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Other than that, we're fine. So I'm excited to talk about our topic today. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. Today, we're talking about helping our kids pursue their dreams. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And it's a really interesting tie, I think, to Shalini's episode, which was a few episodes back about raising Generation Z. And she talked about how this next generation that's coming up, they're, they're entrepreneurs at 14. And you know, the pressure that puts on us as parents. And so I think it'll be just an interesting conversation off the back of that interview as well. I do too. And this, every parent is going to deal with this because you're going to hear at some point your kids saying something they want to try or maybe something they're interested in. And we have a responsibility there in terms of how we handle that. So it's a good one. Yeah. So should we start with wise? Yes. Let's Do start it. with wise. Go for it. Tell me your why. So this is 
an interesting why for me because I had the kind of parents and anyone, any of our listeners know, like I love them, but I have to like be real about where they kind of fell down. And they were the the kind of parents that were really all about the practical. So I think if I had to say, you know, if I had said, I'm going to major in basket weaving, they would have been the kind of parents like, let's get a business degree. Okay. <laughs> and so while I don't think they ever meant to poop on my parade or anything like that, I think it, I knew that would have happened. So I just tended to kind of stay in the straight and narrow road of what I knew would work for them. Now, that being said, like when I was interested in stuff, oh my goodness, the sacrifice. I mean, they went for it. But I do think it was more around like activities. If it had been about my long-term future, I think it would have been a lot different. So it made it important to me that even if it's about the long-term future, I'm going to be like the biggest cheerleader. And like, how can we help that happen? So it kind of kind of came from that for me. So I think my why was around, I, I want to be their biggest fan and I want to see what can come from that. And I, I want to recognize that being fulfilled and having a life that you love to wake up to in the morning really matters. And that's what I wanted for my kids more than, okay, they have this nice steady paycheck or whatever, you know, all those things. So it, it came a little bit from a parental fall down and made me want to do it different. And I think that does happen sometimes, right? Like sometimes we watch something, our parents, they were like, I'm going to totally do that. That was amazing. And other times you're like, you know, I'm going to do that a little differently. This was one of those for me. It's so funny because we're almost flipped. Um, Almost. (laughs) So my parents were the opposite. My parents came from parents who refused to let them pursue their dreams um, or were unable to. I think my mom's parents just, you know, they were they were poor farmers from, from, you know, foreign lands, and they just didn't have the ability to help my mom become who she wanted to be. And my dad's parents were really practical and said exactly, you're going to get a business degree. I mean, like they actually had that conversation. He wanted to go and he wanted to work in hotels. Yeah. And, um, and my grandfather said, "Mm, no, you're going to get a business degree. So I was raised by two people who were like, whatever you dream is possible. How can we participate (laughs) in that? And so I went to NYU, which at the time was the most expensive university in the country for a degree in drama um, and walked out with a mortgage in student loans to become an actor, you know, and, and the fallout of that has been really interesting. And so for me, it was like, I wanted to find a better balance because I think they did an amazing job helping me pursue my dreams. I mean, I started professionally acting when I was 12. They schlepped me all over town, you know, pulled me out of school for Wednesday matinees and the whole shebang. Um, But I don't think there was enough conversation around, hey, by the way, sometimes dreams don't work out. And we want to help you pursue them and talk realistically about the way dreams work. And that was the piece that was missing for me. So my why was really around showing my kids, I'm your biggest fan. I've got your back. You want to pursue something. Let's do it. And also having the conversation that I felt was lacking in my home, which was, hey, by the way, sometimes your dreams change. And moving and letting those dreams shift is really a part of becoming an adult and coming into the world. And that might change and shift throughout your entire life. And so I think for me as an actor, 
when I finally left the business, what was really hard about leaving was feeling like I'd been wanting to do this since I was nine. And everyone kept telling me, pursue your dreams, pursue your dreams, pursue your dreams. And you get to a point where you're like, I don't even think this is my dream anymore, but you're scared to give it up. Mm -hmm. It's like you're letting someone down. Does that make sense? So that was the balance that and continues to be the balance that I'm trying to strike is like, how do I empower my kids to pursue those dreams, but also really check in with dream shifting and changing. And I think what you said is spot on. I want them to have a life that they love to wake up to. And for me, ultimately acting was a life I did not enjoy waking up to anymore. And I wish someone had had that piece of the conversation with me. Like, hey, if that dream changes, it's cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want that Mm -hmm. on a pillow, like live your dreams and it's okay if they change. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was a long-winded why, but that's sort of where I'm at as a parent with this particular topic. No, that makes sense. And it is a balance. And I think I don't have to work as hard at the, now let's be realistic part, just because that's how I'm wired. So I have to work harder at the fan part. So that's why I have to put my focus there. Cause I, I tend to be like, well, let's talk about the practical part. And I have to leave room for like just the yay part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so fun. interesting. I mean, it's so much about what was modeled for you and what's considered of course. Uh, the right choice, right? The yeah. right path. And if you've got a family that's like the right path is being stable. And, you know, Dave's family is very much that way. They just kept waiting for us to get real jobs. It was like, when are you guys going to get real jobs so you can be happy? <laughs> you know, um, and I don't think they meant that badly. I think it was just for them. That is what happiness came from was stability sure. because of their own generation struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, the way we it's just like what Shalini was saying, like the way that we inform how our childhood informs our children's childhood is, you know, really important to be considering. No, and you're right. And I think some people that is the happy life that they want to wake up to because they feel secure. And so I think that's the the trick with parenting, right, is leaning into what makes our kids have a life they want to wake up to. For some of them, it is going to be something very, what we might think of as kind of traditional or boring even. And then for other, others of our children, it might be a really adventurous life that looks maybe really impractical, but that they're thrilled with. And so it's it's an interesting part, again, where knowing your kids matters too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, it's, a, it's a complicated one, this one. It's exciting, yeah. but compl- it's got a lot of layers. And I think every every parent is kind of taking their own experience and trying to couple that with their children's experience. And that's tricky if your child, especially if your child is interested in something that wasn't of interest to you or that seems scary in some way, um, whether that's scary because it's stable or scary because it's not stable. I think for me, I was always raised that stable is kind of scary. Like, mm. oh, you don't, that's, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have a stable life. <laughs> and now I'm like, I just want a stable life. <laughs> like I lived as a starving actor for so long. I just want like a paycheck that shows up in my <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's tricky. And when they're little, of course, those conversations, it's it's even trickier because their dreams are so big. They have no sense of reality. And so we want to make sure that we're like leaning into that in a way that doesn't squash the dream, but also teaching the realism that they need in order to be successful. Even if they pursue that major dream, Mm -hmm. they still need skills to fulfill it. Right. Yeah. They do. So I know your son had a pretty fun dream recently that you helped with. So maybe you can start talking about some of the what's and how's by sharing about that, because that was pretty fun. It is fun. So, you know, we're like stuck at home and my son loves to write, like loves, loves, loves to write. 
And so he wrote this chapter book. He's eight, and he wrote this like 39-page chapter book. And I was like, you know what, buddy? Let's publish it. Like, I know how to self-publish on Amazon. Let's do it. Let's publish it. So we edited it several times, and we designed the cover, and we uploaded it. And he learned so much from doing it and required a great deal of diligence on his part because the editing part was not his favorite. And we published it, and it's out there. And the proceeds are actually going to um, hospital worker support during, for COVID relief, um, and then also one of his favorite local businesses to try and support them. Um, and if I have room for it, I will put a link in the show notes if people want to buy it. Um, but it was amazing to get to do that for him. And I think that comes from my parents. I mean, they were really like, you want to do that? Let's do it. But you don't do it by halves. Like if we're going to do something, we're going to do something. Um, and I think I have that mentality with my two as well. It's just like if it, whatever I have available to me, I want to share with them. So sometimes that requires, you know, a lot of time on my part or energy on my part. But I feel like what they're learning is exactly what you said. I'm your biggest fan. I've got your back. And then I'm also really hoping to teach within that the discipline that's required to fulfill one's dream. Because we don't just fall into our dreams. Like anybody's dream requires a certain level of discipline. So that was one example with my daughter um, when she was like in preschool, I think her last year of preschool, she really wanted her own bakery. And I was like, okay, well, we can do that for a day. Like, why not? So I made her go to the head of the preschool and ask if we could use one of the preschool rooms the morning before school to run a bakery and all the, all the money would go to the school. And that I really wanted to support her dream and we needed a space to do it in a community of support and would they be interested. But I told Rhiannon, like, I'm not going to have that conversation with her. You have to have that conversation with her. So we went to talk to her and she gave us the space and Rhiannon spent like the whole weekend baking with me, getting set up for this bakery and she had to make the signs. And Reese was her little marketing person at the front door announcing the bakery and sending people. But she raised like $150 for the school and people were so supportive. And, you know, for me, it's like she's going to carry that with her. Like I wanted something and my mom helped me make it possible. And that must mean that it's possible. So I wonder if I apply that when I get older, if I could have a bakery, you know, that that future focused thinking, I think. So those are just mm. two examples of how I've done it. Super um, cute. It's cute. I mean, I, I know we're going to talk at some point about it, and I want I want to give a chance for you to talk about this too. But I think there's also this other piece that's really hard as a parent. Like that sounds super easy. Like I published my son's book <laughs> and helped my daughter have a bakery, and then like the internal struggle that's happening for me through all of that is is worth talking about too. But first, please mm -hmm. tell everyone how you have supported your kids because you've done an equally awesome job. Like I've seen it with my own eyes, how you've shown up and been their fan. So tell tell everyone about that. Aw, that's very kind of you. So I'll talk with my like professional parent coach hat on first because I am a super dork, as everyone knows. If you've been listening at all, you know I'm the super dork, right? I'm coming in with the mnemonic devices and the acronyms. So I want to give you my little how to lean into your kid's dream. And then I'm going to tell you what I did as a parent with my just like chill hat on and like how this really was for me behind the scenes when I was like white knuckling it, like what's going to happen? <laughs> so when I am thinking about this more as a framework, here's what I would say. It's this model for how to lean in to your kids' dreams. And the reason is all three of these words start with in. So it's investigate, interview, 
and invest. And the investigate part is, of course, you're just going to research the options, figure out what you need. Like for the bakery, you knew what you, you know, had to like learn what do you need? What are the ingredients? Are we going to have cupcakes and cookies and brownie? Like what are the things we're even doing? If it's researching like an activity for your children, you might have to find out which ones are in your area and how much do they cost and, you know, learn all the things. And then the interview that's the piece I think a lot of families skip, which is once you think you've narrowed it down to a few favorites, talk to the people who run them. And and like in your case, talking to the school. So there might be people involved to make the dream happen and you need to talk to them. We've got to make sure the place is a right fit if it's an activity or a class and you have to make sure you have support if it's something like what you were doing, Kira. So I think that piece sometimes gets skipped. Like we didn't talk to anyone and then we got in it and we're like, oh, it's not really what we were hoping for. So. I think that's really important and then invest. And the reason I say this is because I think a lot of times with kids' dreams, you get what you pay for. That being said, there are a lot of cool dreams that are super low expense. And I'll talk about that in a little bit when I have my mom hat on, but I just think parents need to know that often following a kid's dream and being on that front lines as the cheerleader means you're going to use some resources. The resource might actually be time, which is also sometimes a struggle when you think about, oh, this is going to be a lot of work to make all these cookies or whatever. I'm sure there was a lot of work involved with that, but there is going to be an investment of resources. So investigate, interview, invest. All right, enough with that. Now, how to do it as a mom. I had this kind of come up with both of my children and I have permission from both of them to talk about this today. So I'm super excited. I can like be super real. So my son, when he was seven years old, little Marcelino in the backseat of the car was like, mom, I want to be on TV. <laughs> oh, the things that went through my mind in that moment. I was like, oh Lord, help us. Right. I mean, really, does yeah. he even know what is, but I had to, you know, I had to work on the like cheerleading part. I was like, well, that's really cool, bud. But realist part also, well, you know, there's a lot of people who want to learn how to get on TV and only a few people who do. So like we had to have those conversations that you were talking about, right? It was that balance. At the same time, I was like, all right, let's try to make that happen. So we investigated, we learned about a bunch of acting schools, and then we went and interviewed at the one that we thought was our favorite. It ended up being a really good fit. We definitely invested. Lord, oh my. <laughs> um, but you know what? It was awesome. And in a year and a half, he was on TV. And what I love is when I tell him, when I kind of tell the story back to him, I'm like, look at how you accomplished your goals. It's not like, did you see how I paved the way for that to happen? You know, and so I think this is a thing as parents too, when you're helping your kids pursue their dream, remember you're handing them the pen, maybe you're holding open the notebook, but they're writing the story. We need to be careful that when we retell it, it's not look at all the cool things I did as a parent to make yeah. that happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a, a caution too, because I think that was another concern for me was like, what if I become that, you know, now we have, we have helicopter parents, we've heard of that, but there's also this new thing, like the lawnmower parent, where you just like clear the path and make everything easy for your kid. Or I've heard it also like the bulldozer parent or the snowplow or my, or my favorite, the curling parent. You know, you're like sweeping the ice so that the ball rolls smoothly, right? So, <laughs> and, that. That's great. and I and I didn't want to do that either. So, right. so I think there's this. Yes, I want to help facilitate it, and certainly with a seven-year-old, I had to do all the heavy lifting of logistics to get acting going. But at the same time, I wanted 
him to also take ownership. And that has happened even more. Like now that he has an agent, he's interacting with the agent. She's emailing him. It's not like sending me the audition and then I go and help the kiddo, you know? So there's a handoff there, which I think is really important. And for parents who do like the mnemonic devices, the first in, I think is the one you can hand off first. So the investigate. So this is what, how it looked with my daughter is she is was really into track and when she skipped a grade, she was terrified about suddenly I'm going to have to do high school track in the age and body and physique of an eighth grader. What in the world? And so she decided she'd like to do some off-season training. That was like really her dream is now I'm going to be a year-round track athlete. But she was 13 already. And so I said, okay, why don't you research some private track clubs? So she did the first part. She did the investigate and came to me with her three favorites. And we picked from among those. And it was awesome because you're already, and we talk about this all the time, Kira, but it's that slow handoff, right? And so I was able to hand off part of that process of her pursuing her dreams to her. So she had more ownership in it. There was like some skin in the game. And I just thought that was fabulous. And I've seen it with Mark as well with the acting that when there's some ownership, they just treat the whole thing differently. But for us, it was kind of those three components, but I wanted to like give an anecdotal story. So you don't think I'm just like, I'm always a three point nerd. Like it's not (laughs) really, I promise I live real life. Um, So yeah, it was really, I mean, it was hard, especially I think with hearing such a big one, like I want to be on TV, like, what do you even do with that? And it was, it just felt super daunting. I was like, oh Lord, help me. And like, what if I can't make this happen? And, and there was a little pressure almost that, oh, it's on me to make it happen. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot that goes into that. That was kind of the, that was kind of what was hard for me is feeling, I felt very responsible and that if he ended up super disappointed, was he somehow going to blame me? I don't know. This, 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 there was a lot of parenting vulnerability wrapped up in that for me, but that's what we did. And it's been super fun. And, you know, Mark still acts and Sienna ran all the way through high school. And so they really did love that stuff for a long time. And I'm happy about it. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're onto something there that like, there's this, the the complication is the, the being the parent behind the scenes. And it's like, actually our job is so hard and it's completely unseen because you don't want to become a stage mom, right? And you don't want to become the lawnmower curling mom. That's my new favorite one, the curling mom. Like (laughs) you have so much responsibility. And especially when they're younger, like you're the driver, you're the credit card, you're the, you know, yes, they can investigate. But when they're like my kid's age, you have to help them do that, right? Like Mark didn't investigate at seven. You were probably leading the charge on that and having dialogues. And so how do you take a backseat when actually you're the one doing all the work at the beginning, right? And, And making sure it's not about you. And pursuing that dream. And then I think the final like nail in this coffin that's so hard as a parent is when they get crushed, Mm. then you have to navigate that with them. And like that feels really vulnerable to me. Just this feeling of like we want to keep our kids innocent as long as possible, right? And yes, of course, we know they have to have struggle and they have to have disappointment. And you and I talk about that all the time. But I think what really scares me as a parent, having had a dream having pursued that dream, having had that dream change, and having walked away from that dream, it is really scary for me to consider putting my children in a position where they might experience the loss of a dream at a young age. Yeah. And that feels really hard. And that's what I struggle with is like, I want to lean in and I want to support them. And oftentimes I'm entrepreneurial. I have the skills 
to, you know, you want to do that? Let's do that. You want to publish a book? Let's do that. You want to run a bakery? We can do that, you know. But the the piece of like not not getting so involved that they don't have the opportunity to fail is really scary. And then will they want to pursue a dream again? I mean, and I don't even have answers to this. This is just my internal struggle. So like the bakery is a great example. Great idea. Super great idea. Like, and I'm super mom for for doing it, but I should have waited longer. She should have been older because she just didn't have the capability to do the math on like the um, money exchange. She didn't have the, you know, the dexterity to really like pour the lemonade and do all those things. And so she ended up feeling like I did everything. Now, I didn't. I want to be clear. She did as much as she was absolutely capable of. But for her, when she looks back on that, she talks about it. She's like, you know, I love that we did that, but you did so much, mom. It was my bakery. And I wish I had had the understanding at that time that it's great to lean into a kid's dream, (laughs) but you also have to kind of consider what are they capable of right now and how can I set it up so that when they pursue that, it's at a time when really they can handle it right? Otherwise, they're going to experience that that yuckiness. So like even with Mark, if he had been even littler and maybe not able to audition properly or, you know, at four, maybe couldn't hold himself in an audition or whatever, then he has a negative experience and you have to like unpack all that. That's very different than recognizing actually he's at an age where he's ready for this class or he's ready for, you know, this, that or the other. And so that's been my struggle is like trying to figure out how do you lean in and pursue the dream without letting the dream get crushed, without doing too much. I mean, I could go on, but it's a <laughs> it's an ongoing, ongoing struggle in, internally for me as my kids say, hey, I want to do this. And I go, OK. And then on the inside, all of that is happening for me. Oh, that is a lot. And you're right. I mean, I, I think it's very simplistic to say he said this and a year and a half later, it happened. I mean, that really, it wasn't that straightforward, but I, I want to touch on what you said because it totally also could have not gone that way. And I I think that's an important thing to talk about. We had a lot of conversations about that, that this is super rare, that people quote, make it. And I think, I, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I'm actually super glad he picked acting because the life lessons from it are unbelievable. And I probably do not need to convince you, but I, (laughs) it just, I mean, the, literally that like dealing with rejection and poise, meeting adults, learning to give a smile and a firm handshake to strangers and conduct yourself with poise, even if you feel it didn't go well. And, and also I think the lead up to things, I think this is an important thing too. When your kids have a dream, remember there's often a path to it and that the journey is just as important as the destination. So for instance, with this one, I did not just send Mark on auditions. I said, let's get you some training. Mm -hmm. We're going to do some acting classes. And I don't know what your kids are saying in your ears out there, FFPs, but they might have one too, that the end result can't happen yet. And so then you have a different responsibility because you help them take some of the steps to get there because getting there isn't just going to be a snap. And that's hard too sometimes for for younger kids, especially I think to learn the patience of sometimes the road to the dream too, or to be able to say like what you were talking about, Kira, to maybe have to say, you know, this dream might have to wait. Let's, you know, practice baking at home, but this exact thing we might, we might do that later. That's hard. I mean, when they're, especially if they're younger, I think to grasp all that. So I think there's a lot there, but I do think we can 
at least take away some practical things, which is when you can lean in and yeah. let them do what they're capable of. If it's clear that it's outside their scope or their developmental capability, then it, we do have an important job to maybe encourage that delay or encourage some other baby steps toward it. And then also love, love, love what you said about make sure we're also talking about if the dream changes or if it doesn't work out, because that's an important life skill for our children as well as they become those raised adults to go, you know what, I really put my all into that. It didn't pan out, but to be able to move on and not say, well, then now I'm a failure. I think this is the other thing issue I have with majors mm-hmm. and parent and parents getting hung up on what the major is, because there are so many people who aren't quote using their major. Right. But but to me, well, I'm I'm a speech major. I feel like I'm never outside my discipline because I'm constantly communicating. I feel that the life skills of a communication degree are great. And I want to help my kids as they decide what to study, find where are the life skills in it so that they don't ever feel like a failure if they didn't become an accountant when they had an accounting degree. You know what? You have critical thinking. You're able to analyze data. You're able to think outside the box. You're able to bring organization out of chaos, whatever it is. I think you can do that with almost any area of study. And so this is why it's become important to me to look at it from the life gains and not the, did you end up using it as a career? Because I'm literally in your parents' shoes right now. Mark would like to continue pursuing theater in college. And I absolutely plan to be a fan of that. You know, I think what I like about what you've just said is it, it it takes that that attachment away. And I think as parents, when we help our kids pursue their dreams, we can't get attached to the dream. That's not fair to them, right? Amen. And 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 that's the problem when you've invested time, resources. You know, your kid's been doing this for however long, and then suddenly they're like, "My dream changed. I want to do something else." As a parent, that's really intense, right? Like, I just I've invested. I'm attached. And I think I didn't necessarily feel that from my parents, but I felt that from my community, like in a big, big way. Like everyone's hopes were riding on me. I got into Tish. I moved to New York at 18. I was a big fish in a small pond here in Seattle. And then I got out and I was a teensy fish in a very big pond. And I felt like I was going to let all these people down because they had invested. They'd come to every show and every concert and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so that's the fine line as a parent. And what you said a minute ago is so great. It's like if we as parents can be focused on what are you getting out of this anyway, whether you're successful in it or not, what are you getting from it? And and focus on the learning and the growth and not that end goal. Then we're teaching that journey. And that can be applied to whatever dream they end up pursuing, even if there's multiple dreams. That's okay too. You know, they might have a dream at 20 that's different at 30, that's different at 40. Mine mine seemed to go in decades like that. Um, <laughs> And to just take life skills. What did I get out of that decade or that journey? What do I get out of this journey? And I think if we can do that as parents, we're going to crush it in terms of teaching them what it really means to pursue a dream, not what it means to be successful at something. Those are actually not the same things, right? What does it mean to pursue a dream? And what do I get out of that pursuit that helps me move forward into either the next part of that dream or the next dream altogether? Yes. And the parents not getting attached. Oh, Kira. Amen to that. I mean, that's, we, we have to be careful of that. That is lit, like that literally was like, oh, stab me in the heart because I've felt that. And mm, oh my goodness, you're just, it's you're bringing, hard. You're bringing me all the feels. Yeah, it's really difficult. And, and that 
success doesn't look only one way. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's yes. what's, it, there's not, oh, it, it is not a one size fits all situation. It is, that looks different for everyone. And I don't, I don't know. I just think you hit that really, that nail on the head really beautifully. It's very immersed. It's like it, their dreams are their dreams. They're not our dreams. And so how do you throw yourself as a parent into someone else's dream without getting attached to it and making it your dream for them? That's well, like I don't an even, impossible ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you can. I think it's more that we must act in a way that we aren't attached so that it doesn't leak out onto them and, it, and they interpret it as pressure. Yeah, Because if it is time for them to move on from that dream or it's changed, we don't want them staying with it because they feel obligated because they might disappoint their parents. Right. Exactly. So exactly. I don't I don't know that we can. I mean, I, I could no more have done anything about those feelings than I can, you know, lift a car. But I I had to work to act in a way that was, OK, we're, we're moving over to this now. OK. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not convinced we've done much other than your wonderful three steps. So let's let's hear your ins again. So at least our listeners are like, well, at least I walked away with that. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's a little nerd mnemonic device. <laughs> okay. This is, why, this is why your nerdiness is so important because I just talk around in circles and tell stories and our listeners need to like have something tangible to take with them. Like here, but here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. If it was all facts and figures from Captain Word Nerd over here, that wouldn't be rich either. They need your stories and anecdotes and like, oh, and then that's what it looks like in real life when it's not just a nerd list. Okay. But if you do want that again, if you're working to lean into your kids' dreams, here are the three ends. Investigate. So do your research on what that dream is and what it might need to include. Interview. Make sure you're talking to other people that you might need to have involved or that are running the program or class or thing that you're researching and then invest be ready that there may be certainly a monet monetary contribution but you may also be looking at investing time resources other things so be ready for that because it's there <laughs> it's definitely it that is ultimately what we're trying to say today as complicated as this is and as many factors as there are and that's the reality of the situation the bottom line is when your kid says i want to be on tv lean in say yeah. how do i support that how do I help you? Because even if they don't end up on TV, they are going to remember my parents always leaned in. They always believed in me. They always believed I could. And they always helped me work towards something. And it was up to me or the circumstances whether or not that happened. But it, my parents were always behind me 100%. Yep. Couldn't have said that better myself. That is exactly why I call it the lean in framework, because that's actually the first thing you have to do. You have to lean in. Then you do those other three things, and that's how you demonstrate it. So that's perfect. I do have a quote today. I, I want to just be clear that this is phrased as you. So I think it would be easy for you parents out there to feel like I'm talking to you with the quote, but I, I want you to think about it in terms of your kids and encouraging them. So here it is. Never give up on what you really want to do. The person with big dreams is more powerful than one with all the facts. And that is by Albert Einstein. And, and it's true. We have to balance it with the facts. Kira, I love what you said about helping our kids essentially hold their dreams loosely because A, they might not work out or B, they might change. But the dreams are at the end of the day more powerful than the data that says this goes with this and this matches that. It's we don't want to end up stifling our kids so many times that then they just end up not even maybe sharing what their dreams are anymore or going after them. 
Yeah. And I love, you know, I feel like one of the beautiful things about the work that you and I do is we model that for our kids because you and I are living our dream right now. Totally. This is is our dream. This is what we both really want to do is like help families and talk about it because we both say we could talk about parenting all day long and now we get to. Um, And so I love that our kids are seeing us, especially as women, um, pursue those dreams and do what we really want to do. So podcast listeners, thank you for being a part of Dina and I living our dreams. Thank you for being the people who support us as we live our dream. And we hope that uh, we are helping you on your parenting journey. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook or Instagram, please do. We are at Future Focused Parenting. For more information, you can always go to futurefocusedparenting.com. We've got some cool courses on there. We just revamped the website. I'm awfully proud because I'm technology lady. Um, I'm <laughs> terrible at technology, but I have finally made the website look how I want it to look. So it do looks check so it out pretty. if you have not been on there lately. And also remember that um, you can always write in if you have a question for the show, info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room and Dina's bonus room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>